Amen, amen. All right. Well, continuing in that book of Acts, we are in the missionary journey of Paul. And these three missionaries, we're going to actually going to be talking about verses 13 through 52. Uh, so if you want to go back and read those on your own, that's fine. But um, the three missionary journey, this, these three missionaries, they leave the island of Cyprus where we last saw them. Remember, they started in Cyprus on this first missionary journey. Um, Barnabas is from there, and they go and they speak to the synagogues, and then they travel to what is now today's Turkey after that. So they leave Cyprus and they travel to today's, uh, what is today is Turkey. Um, there we are. Um, at Turkey, up in there... Um, where they left the island that's down beneath it, and they move up to the, the mainland of Turkey. Um, once they get there, John Mark, who's been traveling with them, is actually going to leave the company and return back to Jerusalem. We're not told why he leaves them, um, but there's a problem, apparently. And Paul is hurt by the fact that John leaves at this point, and I don't know, we don't know what caused the disagreement, um, but Paul will actually refuse later on to take John Mark to on another missionary journey because he leaves at this point. And, uh, so, and this will actually cause disagreement between Paul and Barnabas because Barnabas didn't wanted to take John Mark with him the next time. And uh, so there's, there's whatever this is, it's, there's a problem. And we don't know exactly what happened, but we know that there was a problem and they left. But they go to, um, to Phygria, which is the port city that they travel on, where that red dot begins in the south. Um, and the two mis- remaining missionaries travel north to Antioch. Now, this is not the Antioch we saw earlier. There are actually 16 different Antiochs in this region. Um, so it's easy to get confused about Antioch. This is a different Antioch. Um, but, you know, this kind of stuff uh, is not unusual. I mean, we in the United States have the same problem, right? Um, Springfield. Um, do you know that there are 34 or so cities named Springfield in uh, 25 states? That means some states like Florida have two. Um, you know, and, uh, so, so yes, when we're reading the scriptures, it's easy for us to get confused. Well, weren't they just an Antioch? No, this is a different Antioch. And they travel to this region and they, this region is a, um, has a significant Jewish community that has been there before. Um, but it's also a region that is dominated by the worship of other religions. Um, this this picture I'm throwing up here, this is one of the major deities of the time. I'm going to mispronounce this, I'm sure. Um, Kivale, which is the mother goddess of the time, and she is uh, 
an ancient fertility deity that uh, is associated with the cycle of the seasons. And she's one of the major deities at the, in the area. And later on, we're going to see a uh, combination with Jesus and her and, and Mary, the mother of God, will actually begin to be represented by some of these different uh, fertility goddesses as the religions begin to join together. That's called syncretism. Uh, one of the things we struggle with, even in our today's society, is we like to join things together. Our world's point of view and the Bible's point of view, and we try to join them together. And so we have issues uh, like uh, karma. That's a wonderful example I love to you. It's an ancient religious issue, and we try to join it with today's thought, and then it's instant karma. And then we say, well, the Bible says you reap what you sow, so that's karma in the Scripture. No. That's syncretism. We have syncretism in things like we take Darwinism and try to put it into the Bible when the Bible has nothing to do with whether or not evolution's even there. The Bible's not, con- is not, not arguing with that fact at all. But we try to read it in there. That's syncretism. So anyway, so, so they, they try to, they have this, this they also have a, a, a male deity that I did not put a slide up there, and he's known as Min, the moon goddess, uh, god or goddess, depending on the time period, but this time it's a god, um, god of healing. So this area is not Christian by any men, but they begin their journey, and they travel into this journey where there's a heavy Jewish population, so there's a heavy Jewish population, so where do they begin? In the synagogue. This is a picture of the synagogue, relatively newish. Um, so they're, they're teaching in the church building at this time. Uh, just as Stephen did earlier in Acts, it was the custom. When Paul goes into an area, he goes to the Jew first, into the synagogue, and preaches the message of Jesus Christ. He's not trying to start a new religion. He's trying to say, Jews... The Messiah has come. This is a Jewish faith. But then because you are rejecting him, he's going to go to the Gentiles. And that's when we start seeing a separation of the faith into something that will eventually be called Christianity. But as he turns in this to the the people, he turns, first of all, he doesn't come in and start blasting. He turns to a message of salvation. And it's the same message that he preached then is the same message we preach today. God brings the same message of salvation. If you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you still can He's the Messiah. And he starts doing this on verse 22. You can go read through his sermon, or at least what's recorded of his sermon. I imagine he said more. Uh, he's trained in rhetoric, and so he was probably quite a bit more he said, but we've only got a, a bit of it recorded. But as he preaches this message of salvation, you can accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He's the same today as he was yesterday, as he will be tomorrow. This is wonderful. You can still accept him. If you accept him, you say, I believe in him in my heart. I confess him with my mouth. I will be saved. 
But as he preaches, he also turns to a, warn, a, a, a message of, of, of warning. Repent, for judgment is real, he says. It's not just something we make up. It's judgment is real. He actually quotes from the book of Habakkuk here. His, his sermon was out of the book of Habakkuk. Repent for judgment. And it's the same message we have today. Accept Jesus Christ for eternal life. But we also need to repent. What's repent mean? To turn away from our sins. The Bible says even more than just walk away from it. The Bible says put it to death is what it says. It's in the pit of Sheol. Throw it in the pit of fire. Leave it in hell and walk away from it. Repent. Repent. And the Bible goes on to say, Paul will say in the book of Romans that the punishment of sin that we need to repent from is death. But the blessingness of it is that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet dead in our sin, Christ came to die for us. What a blessing that is. Christ came to die for us, to give us eternal life, to give us a reprieve, not to take away the fact that you sinned, not to make God forget it, but to say that I have covered it. Take away the punishment of that sin. So I'm going to cover it. His intercessing on our behalf. Now, as he preaches these message. Paul will be met with mixed but favorable outcomes. And they're going to ask him back the next Sabbath, the next time they meet together, which would have been on a Saturday. And um, things, however, go bad. When he shows up the next um, Saturday, the, the, Jew, the Gentiles outnumber the Jews because he's also been preaching to the Gentiles. The Gentiles are believing, and the Jews become jealous. Pride and self of these, and it makes a point of this, the religious people, it makes a point of this, get in the way of, of rejecting and reject the teachings of Paul. The Gentiles, however, come in great numbers, accepting the faith that has been put forth instead of thinking we can work in it. And, and, and then some religious women stir up persecution and drive them out of the district. Now, I like it. Paul and Barnabas are not disheartened, however, they... They shake the dirt off their feet. You know, sometimes we need to do that in our own lives. When we got people or things, toxic people in our lives, sometimes we need to shake that dirt off and move on. 
So I'm not even going to carry the dirt from that town with me. I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to carry that dirt from that past event. Sometimes we need to to focus. We need to heal from past events, things that have happened to us, and we need to say, "I'm going to shake that dirt off. I'm going to leave that town behind. I'm going to leave that person behind. I'm not going. I'm just going to walk away." Because that's you know. That's the way we got to do it. we got to be like that. And he says, Paul and Barnabas, we're not going to let this dishonor. We're going to keep preaching the message of Jesus. We're just going to shake the dirt off from our feet. We're going to keep going. But I like this. Uh, religion can get in the way of God. Mm-hmm. See, religion is part of life. We don't like to think of our lives that way, but it's part of life. We are here gathered together because we're part of an organized religion. And we like to say things, because religion has such a bad term, we like to say things like, it's about relationship, not about religion. Uh, Sort of. I like the meaning behind that, but we are part of a religion. Let's not downgrade that. We have religious ceremonies. I mean, we get here, we do the same thing every week. If you haven't learned the pattern, you ain't been paying attention. And if you go to any church, just about any church in America, you're going to follow the same sort of pattern. Because we're part of an organized religion. That's okay. It's part of life. And in any kind of group, we, we don't religion, we don't think make things religions anymore, but you go to, you know, this. You go to the football game, you're going to follow the same pattern. It's religious practices. You know, and we, we don't like to call them that things because we're not worshiping a deity there. Maybe we are, but we don't worship a deity there. And so we don't call them that, but it's religious practices. And, and religion is part of life. There's nothing wrong with that. We worship many things and, and we have religious pra- uh, patterns that go around them. But sometimes, and the Bible's clear of lots of instances where this happens, is where we lose fight of why we're doing things the way we are, and we hold to, to just the religious aspects of them, the organized religious aspects of them, and we lose track of why we're doing them, why they were started, and then they start to get in the way. I don't want, you know, on the Bible, over and over, God says, I don't want your religious worship. I want your heart. And the religious practices were put there for a reason. He even called for some of them. And then they became all about the activity and less about the heart. And they, God says, I don't want that. God called for the religious sacrifices. But then by Isaiah and Habakkuk, they're saying, I don't want your sacrifices. I want your heart. Because they lost track of why. Religion in this can take away from the focus off of God. And when we make it into that toxic religion, that that religion that just kind of interferes, it's because we've put ourselves in it. We've taken off our focus off of God and we said, I want to be the focus on it. You know, we say things like, I'm a religious person. I don't do drugs I don't murder people. I don't. What's the focus of that? I. (laughs) 
We're not saying that's a bad thing. I don't want to go out killing people. But the focus on we do these things because Jesus is in our lives. We don't cheat on our taxes because Jesus is in our lives. And he said things like, give to Caesar what Caesar's and give to God what is God's. But sometimes we can take this religious aspect and we put it off of, uh, off of God and put it onto us. And it works against the message of Jesus Christ. So our focus should not be on religion. Our focus should be on Jesus. Why do we want people to come to church? Well, we don't invite them to church because we have cool activities here. You will never find someone, you know, well, I don't go to church because of the singing. That's because you're coming for the wrong reasons. You're coming for entertainment. Or I don't come because of the sermons. Well, that's because you're coming for the wrong reasons. We live in a time where if you want to hear good music, go to YouTube. You want to hear someone, a better preacher than me, go to YouTube. We want to go to, I mean, we can get information and entertainment at the tip of our fingers. COVID taught us that at the least, right? That's not why we come together. It's because we're a family of believers gathered in one local area to worship God together. And if we take our eye off of that, we're going to get into the religious aspect. And we start saying things like, well, I'm a Baptist, or I'm a Methodist, or I'm a Episcopalian, or I'm a Catholic, or I'm a Christian uh, part of the Christian church or uh, uh, apostles of God, you know, whatever. There's all kinds of different denominations. But then we divide it even more, right? Uh, I'm a Baptist, but I'm, I'm not just a Baptist. I'm a, I'm a Baptist that holds the Baptist faith and message. But not that other Baptist faith and message, the 2001 Baptist faith and message. I'm not a Christian. I'm a I'm not a Christian. I'm like Christianity is something that's not part of, you know, I'm part of the Church of Christ. No, I'm a part of the Church of Christ that follows Alexander Campbell. If you don't know who he is, you can look him up later. He's the one who started a, the main part of the Church of Christ. Anyways. Um, you know, and then we have things like Arminianism versus Calvinism. And when we put our focus on all of this, it takes the focus off of Jesus Christ. And we divine ourselves and we split ourselves up. And, and I'm not saying there are not some very good reasons why we have different denominations, because there are. And some of them are all and some of them are taken from very godly places. We just worship in different ways, and all those streams of glory lead to one God. And that's okay. But when we divide ourselves because of religious aspects, it's because most of the time it's because we've taken our focus off of God and we put it on us. I want to worship this way. I want to do it this way. I want to. We put our focus on us. I go to church all the time. I have my seat in this pew. Holy Spirit only finds me in this pew. (laughs) 
You guys remember when I changed those seats up in the sanctuary? I remember some of y'all's comments. <laughs> I remember when my mom came to visit and she sat in someone's seat and they got mad at her. I still hear about that. Um, we laugh, but it's very sad. As we think about this passage, we think about how these people came and they were so focused on Jesus, they didn't have time for that other junk. They shook it off their feet. And as we think about our next steps, maybe there's things in your life that you need to shake off your feet. You need to get that dust off your, your, off your feet and move forward. Not focusing on yourself. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. But Jesus loves the you he's making you into, so he's going to let you be healthy. And I'm not talking about physically. We all get, you know, sickness is one of those things. I'm talking about he doesn't want you around toxic people that are killing you. But also sometimes, some of you in this room, we might say, well, I need to accept Jesus Christ for my Lord and Savior for the first time. I've never done that. And I don't know, some of you have been going to church for a long time, but you've never made the confession of faith. You never have accepted in your life. And I know this is true because I remember teaching, and too often I asked the question, why are you a Christian or what religion are you? And they said things like, because I go to a Christian church, therefore I'm a Christian. That's religion. That's the focus on me. I go to church, so therefore I am a Christian. We don't become a Christian because we go to church. We become a Christian because we have confessed, believe in our hearts. That means the very nephew, the very being of who we are. We believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and we confess it with our mouth. That's what the Bible says. And we follow that up with baptism. That's what the Bible says to do. So maybe you're at the point where you need to be baptized. You need to accept Jesus Christ first. You need to shake off the dust. Maybe there's aspects of your life where religion is just getting in the way of you telling people about Jesus. You're inviting them to church instead of inviting them to Jesus. Let me tell you why I don't like people inviting people to church. I love the fact that you want to bring people here. That's fantastic. We got wonderful events. Invite them to our events. But it's not about telling people to come to church because the reason they're going to come to church is not because this is an awesome church. They're going to come to church because they know Jesus. The Bible says, never, never says come and see Jesus. The Bible says go and find them. Go and share Jesus. That's what the Bible says. Let's just be real. Now we have wonderful events. Tell them to come to our, our events. We got wonderful things going on. This is a great opportunity to invite, to tell them about Jesus. But that's not what it's about. We gather together because we know Jesus. And that's one thing that we've had a hard time with in our, in our, in our society, in American Western society, is we like the, well, the pastor will tell them about Jesus if I just get them in the doors. Because we're afraid to tell them about Jesus. But, you know, reality, the Bible says go and make disciples. But 
the statistics are really low. Most, I think, don't quote me on this, but I want to say it was like one out of every three persons said they've never had someone tell them about Jesus. I mean, it was really low. Because we're a come and find kind of society. And there's always going to be something else that's going to get in the way of that. We come together because we love Jesus. And we have programs to help with that process. We have programs to, to reach out to the community. We have programs to, to, to help disciple. Because that's what we're really about here at the church is discipleship. We have different programs that we call community outreach because we want people to know we're here and even come to Jesus. But in reality, it's got to be you guys. We can't let religion stop us from telling people about the love of Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. So maybe that's where you're at. You just need to go and tell someone. With the gifts that God has given you, the wonderful thing is he doesn't expect you to do it the same way, everyone all the same way. He gives you a gift, and he says, use this gift. This is what I want you to use the gift for. Go tell people about Jesus. Use your gift that I've given you. If you don't know what your gift is, I want to encourage you that maybe that's your next step. You need to find out what your gift is. I've been preaching on it since I got here. So if you haven't picked up on that, maybe it's time you start that process. Where are you in your next step? Let's go to prayer. Father God, we praise you today, Lord. We thank you for the wonderful blessing of your word, Lord. We ask that you just speak to our hearts. Lord, we know that we have next steps to take, Lord. We don't want to walk away and just say, okay, that was a good sermon and we're done. We want to take those next steps, Lord. So place in our hearts, what are our next steps? What do I need to do? Lord, we want to focus on you. We won't want to be about religion even though we're part of a religion, we want to just be focused about you. Help us to be centered in you in our lives, falling in love with you daily as we worship you. As we put you above everything else in our life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're going to turn to the time of invitation, which means we invite And Lord, we know that sometimes we're going to come against opposition. But we thank you for your grace and mercy and your strength and your power that we are able to stand on your word. Lord, bless those that are listening online, Lord. We pray that after the word is preached, that they will make a decision to decide if they don't know who you are, that they will come to you and live. Lord, we ask that you bless our pastor as he stand and come today to declare your word. We pray, Lord, that he would stand as boldly as Paul and Barnabas and preach your word with clarity so men and women will hear, oh, Lord, and make a decision to change their lives. Lord, we ask that you give him strength as he come. We love you, Lord. We bless your name and we thank you. We thank you that your word has been read and now it will be preached. Open our hearts and our minds that we might be receptive to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Bernice. What a blessing.
That was a long passage, wasn't it? It's a good passage, though. This is one of those passages in Acts that just... I love the tenacity and the strength and the wisdom of Paul and the other disciples with him. They just... Now, we remember... I know we didn't talk about this last week because we had the Blackwood uh, Quartet here. Did a wonderful job. Um, but we're in the missionary journeys of Paul at this point in the book of Acts. And this is their first missionary journey. And um, these three missionaries, they traveled first to the island of, of Cyprus, which is um, the island on the coast there. You can see it. That island was where Barnabas was from, and he went and spoke the word of Jesus Christ to where he was from. He wanted his family to know and his people he loved to know about Jesus Christ. And, and so they, they went to, to Cyprus first. When they eventually they leave the island of Cyprus and they travel to what is now Turkey. And they travel up um, to the they land in Pergia, uh, which is uh, where that red line starts in the south on that map up there. And while they're, they're making this journey, John Mark uh, leaves the company. Now, we're not told why he leaves the company. Some kind of problem, I don't know. So sometimes people just don't get along. I don't know what it was. For whatever reason, John Mark leaves the company. And this problem actually... Paul will see it as a desertion, and he, he, he gets his feelings hurt. He's upset about it. I don't know what caused this problem in the first place. We don't know, but we know that Paul later on will refuse to take John Mark on his, another journey because he, la- he, re- he left during this one. And uh, that'll actually cause, that later will cause an argument between Paul and Barnabas because Barnabas wants to take John Mark. And Paul refuses. So this, whatever this, this issue is, it's a big deal. But they travel up into Turkey and they head towards Antioch. Now, this is not the Antioch we talked about earlier. This is a different Antioch. And you say, well, I'm confused. When you read your Bible, you're going to see the word Antioch a lot. There's actually 16 different Antiochs. So if you get confused, that's okay. That's what maps are for. This is a different Antioch, and we shouldn't be surprised at this kind of behavior. I mean, think about the United States, right? Springfield. Do you know how many Springfields there are? I, I, I did a, a web search. It said there were 34 different Springfields. you know how many states have Springfield? 25. That means some states, like Florida, have two of them. so it's not uncommon to have these kind of naming issues so we're in a different Antioch and there they go to Antioch and they will go this area of Antioch will have a significant Jewish population and it already has a Jewish synagogue there's people there that are worshiping God but it's not all about uh, Judaism there they're going to be the worship of, and I, I mispronounce this every time, uh, Kivale, Kivali maybe? I don't know. She is a mother goddess figure. And she's an ancient fertility goddess. 
Now, later on, because of this kind of mother figure is worshipped in so many areas that Christianity goes to, they're going to see something called syncretism. Syncretism is when you join two things together. In this case, we're going to see the joining of the Mother Mary figure with these fertility goddesses, and you're going to see a mother goddess figure rise up inside the Christian church. This is the kind of stuff that happens. We see a lot of syncretism, even today, maybe especially today, with all the the things that are coming on. I mean, I can give some good examples. Um, How about karma? Karma is an ancient religious idea that what you do when this life affects your next life, your, your, your next rebirth, not just your afterlife, your next rebirth. And we say things like, well, the Bible says you reap what you sow, and then it becomes instant karma, and then we get karma in the Christian church. That's syncretism. It's wrong. It doesn't have a place here. We have other kinds of syncretism going on, you know, we, we, you know the Easter bunny, you know. Um, we're coming up on Easter, you know. Syncretism happens, and, and we try to keep it out of our churches, but it, it does come in. Um, and it comes in, in in bad ways, and we don't often realize how it comes in. And, um, but, and it kind of slowly works its way in, and, and we see this, that's why, like, and we see this not just in Christianity, Buddhism. You think why the Buddha is big and fat when actually Buddha would have been real skinny because he's fasting all the time? That's syncretism. <laughs> um, you know, so we see this kind of syncretism. So this kind of mother goddess was worshipped in the city with the Jews. There's also another god figure. I did not put a picture of him up there. He's known as Men, the moon god. He, he's the god of healing. So we're not talking like this is a Christian town. He goes to this town, and he's going to start in the place where he begins. This is the pattern that's been set forth from Jesus and onward. Where does he begin? He begins in the synagogue. This is a newish picture of the synagogue there in Antioch. Um, He goes, and he begins his teaching uh, in the synagogue, because he takes the message of Jesus to the Jew first, and then to the Gentiles. As was his custom. And he begins to preach in the synagogue. This is a message to the Jews. <coughs> and he says, and it's, I love this message, and you can read it all for yourself. It begins in, in verse 22. We, we already read it. I'm not going to read it again. Um, it begins, uh, you, you see this message, and it's, it's the same message that we preach today. Why is it the same message? Because Jesus is the same today as he was yesterday as he is tomorrow. It's the same message. He's preaching the same message. And he has the same message. And he preaches about Jesus, the, the, the blessedness of Jesus Christ, that we can accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Which means we, we, we say that we cannot save ourselves. We cannot work ourselves out of this. We need someone to step in because we are sinners. Paul will go ahead and say in Rome that we are sinners. The penalty of sin is death. But yet while we were yet sinners, while we were yet punished for death, on the list for death, Christ died for us so that we may have 
eternal life. What a blessing. That's the same message he's preaching here. And we're going to preach it again next week and this week and the week after that. Because it's the same message. And then he goes on and he gives a word of warning. A word of warning. He says, repent because judgment is real. Guess what we're going to preach that message to? Warning, repentance, because judgment is real. We are destined for hell without the blood of Jesus Christ covering our sins. Now, Paul is going to preach from the book of Habakkuk when he does that. So if you're going to want to see where Paul is preaching from, he's reading the book of Habakkuk. And he gives that warning. It is for hell. And he says, I, you know, I want you to take serious that without this, there's a place, eternal separation from God. And we can argue about what hell looks like. There's plenty of room for that. But it's separation from God. That means separation from the life giver. Separation from your purpose as co-heirs with him. That is misery. And the Bible uses different ways to describe it, you know. Pit of darkness, pit of despair, fiery pit. We can get into some of that, you know, I already preached sermons on that. And when he preaches this, he's met with mixed reactions. You see in that passage there, he's met with mixed reactions, but it seems to be favorable. They invite him back the next Sabbath. It's not the next Sunday, it's the next Sabbath. This would have been a a Saturday thing. They're worshiping on the Sabbath. Um, We're actually not seeing Christian worship on the Lord's Day on Sunday until later. But right now, they're meeting on the Sabbath because they're preaching to the Jews when the Jews met on the Sabbath. And when they come back, this is when things start to go bad for them. Because he didn't stop preaching just on the Sabbath. He took his message during the week, not just to the Jew, but to the Gentiles. And when they show up the next week, (laughs) the Gentiles outnumber the Jews. So these Jews become jealous pride and self you know and the bible points out these religious it points out that they were the religious this is the thing that gets in the way and they end up rejecting the teaching of paul but the gentiles they believe in great numbers these people that were worshiping corvim worshiping corby that's something different uh Um, worshiping men and worshiping the goddess of fertility. This is um, the worshiping of the thing. They're worship- they begin to see the truth of Jesus Christ. And they come to him. But these religious, it says these religious women stir up persecution and drive them out of the district, it says. And I like what Paul does Paul and Barnabas, they don't get beat up. They don't get hurt. They don't sit and wallow in their pain. They shake the dirt off their feet. And they move forward with the message of God. You know, I think about that sometimes. We got 
things in our lives, things in our past, thing, people in our past that we need to just, you know, toxic people that we need to heal from. And we don't do that by letting that dirt le- lay on us, right? The Bible teaches just shake the dirt off your feet and move forward. We don't get over things in the past. That's not what the Bible says. As we move forward with it, we shake the, the dirt off of us. And sometimes we need to be like Paul and Barnabas here. People come in front of us, they hurt us, they, whether it's religiously or otherwise. They hurt us and, and we need to just shake the dirt off our feet and say, this is not the place for me. I'm going to shake my dirt off. I don't want even that dirt touching my feet no more. I'm to move forward. So we get some wise counsel right there from, from Paul and Barnabas and that little action that <laughs> was probably a very big action as they're being ran out of town. We're going to shake the dirt off us. We're not going to let this stop us. We're going to move forward with the message of God. Because in truth, what they're, we're feeling here is it's the religion that gets in the way, right? Now, we're religious people. Let's not deny that. If we're not, we wouldn't be here at church. Because we gather together because we are part of an organized religion. That's what we do. We follow certain patterns. If you haven't figured the pattern out at church, you ain't been paying attention. We follow the same pattern every week. And if you go across the United States, guess what? You're going to follow the same or similar pattern. Because we're part of an organized religion. That's okay. And we don't always worship, you know, we, 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 other things that we worship in our life, we declare worth to in our life. I've, I've mentioned this before. We declare worth to lots of things. That's part of life. It's, we can't put any of those things above God. God is before all that. So, like, if you, play, if you watch football, you're going to follow a certain pattern because of the fo- way the football game works. You know, that's, it's a religious presentation. We worship things, organized. And it's not necessarily bad. In the Old Testament, God lays out an order of worship. He lays out religious sacrifices. He lays out organized religious things. That's not bad. But then the religious aspect comes, becomes corrupted. Why is it come corrupted? Because we're corrupted. We're human. Or less than human. That's, I like that one better. Less than human. Because we're being less than we were created to be. And we're less than human. And we were, so we tend to take the religious elements and say, instead of focusing it on God, putting it on Jesus, the Holy Spirit, we're going to put it back on me. We're going to put it back on us. And we see that throughout the Old Testament, they give us plenty of opportunity where they says God lays out sacrifice. And then by Habakkuk and Isaiah, he's saying, I don't want your sacrifice. I want your heart. Because not that the sacrifice was bad, he laid it out. But they weren't following the reason behind it. They had turned away from the religion behind it and turned it back on themselves. 
Religion is one of those things, you know, we say things like, I'm a religious person. You know, I don't do drugs. I don't murder people. I don't cheat on my taxes. And I, guess what we're doing? We're being religious, right? I don't, I don't, I, I, I. I read my Bible. Well, that's good for you. I'm glad you do. But if you lose focus, why are you reading your Bible? It's just a religious activity. Sometimes religion takes the focus off of God, and that's what it did in Paul with this, this church. They took the focus off of God and started putting it on what was going on. They become jealous of the Gentiles. And we see the same kind of thing. You know, we, we, we like to put the effort on us instead of the message of Jesus Christ. Not come to church because that's what religious people do. I love that people like to come to church. But, it's not, but life is not about coming to church. We come to church because we worship Jesus together. We come to church to disciple. Yes, people come to Christ at church, though... In biblically speaking, that's actually one of the last ways they should come to church to know Christ. That <clears throat> they should come to know to Christ because we've told them out there. The Bible says, "Go and seek, not come and find." We should be out there seeking them, and then they come to church because they've met Christ, or at least become interested because we've told them. But the statistics on how many people tell people about Christ is really, really low. And here in the United States, like we used to say, everyone knows about Jesus. But the statistics on that are really, really low. How many people have actually even been told about Jesus by someone they know? It's really sad. Uh, I'm not going to give numbers because I don't remember them off the top of my head, but that's really bad. And we need to be people that are telling people about Christ because that's what we love. We love Jesus. We've been taught, called to go. We're going to fill our focus. Why? Not because I want to get the credit for winning someone to Christ, getting them to come to church. I want to tell them because Jesus is in me. Holy Spirit is in me, leading me to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. But we take that, that religious message and we put ourselves on, on our individual, and it leads to divisions and, and separations. Now, I'm not going to say that, that all denominations are bad. There are some very good reasons why we don't worship together all together at one, because there's some things that biblically we just don't agree on, and the arguments for both sides are in there. You know, all streams of living water leading to Him. What a blessing that is. But a lot of times we divide ourselves because of things that are us focused. You know, and we even divide ourselves. You say, well, I'm a Methodist, I'm a Baptist, I'm a uh, Episcopal, I'm a Church of Christ, I'm a, uh, you know, we can, there's all kinds of different denominations. But we even divide ourselves within those denominations, right? You know, I'm a Baptist. Well, I'm a Baptist, Southern Baptist. <laughs> but I'm not just a Southern Baptist. I'm a Baptist that believes in the Baptist faith and message. Not just any Baptist faith, but the 2001 Baptist, Baptist faith and message. 
I'm not a uh, church of Christ. I'm not a Christian. I'm a person from the church of Christ. And I'm from the church of Christ. I'm not just a person from the church of Christ. I'm a church of Christ who follows the teaching of of Alexander Campbell. I'm not a Calvinist. I'm an Arminianist. I'm not an Arminianist. I'm a Calvinist. Wow, we like to divide ourselves. Why? Because that puts it back on us. That puts the focus back on us. It's not focusing on Jesus. And like I said, not all denomination divisions are bad. There's some just some very different ways we worship Christ, and we just don't, you know, and that's okay. You know, some people like to scream and shout, and some people don't like that. And so we have some division that way because it's just, that's okay. But when we put it back on ourselves, we divide ourselves for, for foolish reason because our focus is, isn't on Jesus. And we like to say things like, well, it's, it's, it's not about religion, it's about relationship. And we like to say that, and that's only partially true. I mean, we are an organized religion. So there are religious aspects we follow. But what we're trying to say is we're trying to separate ourselves from the negative stereotypes of religion, right? Because we want to say that we're about Jesus. We're focused is on Jesus. And so we read our scriptures because we want to load closer to Jesus. We want, we want to meditate because we, not because we want to clear our minds, but because we want to grow closer to Jesus. We, we fast, not because we want to lose weight, though some of us could, could stand that, um, myself included. Um, because we want to grow closer to Jesus. Religion can stop us and get in the way. And so I think about this as I think about our next steps. I think the first thing that Paul is inviting us to in this passage is, have we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior? There may be someone in this church that has never accepted Jesus. They, may, they say, well, I, I go to a Christian church, and I know that people have been going to Christian church for years, and they think they're a Christian because they go to Christian church. What's that? That's putting the focus back on me. I go to church, therefore I am. Jesus has not entered into your life and saved you. And I see that, I saw this a lot. I used to teach at a, at, a, at a college, and I would ask that question, what religion are you? Well, I'm a Christian because I go to Christian church. That's not how it works. I'm a car because I go to the garage. That's not how it works. So maybe there's someone in this room who has never accepted Jesus. I never accepted him, said I believe in him with my very, the Bible says heart. <clears throat> what they're trying to get out there is the, the, the nephish, the, we don't have good words for it. That, that very being of what makes you you. That which makes you you. That's, you have to believe in him with all that you are. So if I've accepted him, I believe in him. I admit that I cannot do it on my own. I believe in him. And the the Bible says if you believe in him, 
and you confess with your mouth, you will be saved. That's what the Bible says, right? So maybe, maybe you've gone through that. You say, I believe in all that I am, but I've never followed him in baptism. You know, I know I was baptized when I was a baby. That was your parents' decision, not yours. Jesus calls us to go and be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As we believe. So maybe I need to, our next step, maybe it's, I need to settle down at one church family. I've been jumping around with all the different churches in the neighborhood because I like a little bit of this and a little bit of that, which is fantastic. But when you do that, you never settle down and actually start to work. And <sighs> maybe your next step is you've been consuming Christ for too long. It's about me. I want to get this out of church, and I can get this, and if I don't like the singing, I ain't coming. <laughs> That's consumerism, right? What can I get out of church? That's religion flipped on its head. What am I going to get out of it? Maybe the next step is I need to put God back in the focus of it. What Where am I at with Jesus? Maybe you're at the place where you've got things in your life you need to heal from. And you need to shake off some of that dirt. You got to heal from stuff. And I want to recommend, you know, we have grief share here. We have people that are willing to talk to you. There's, you know, if you need counseling outside of that, that's more than I can give, which, you know, I'm not a professional counselor. I'm okay with that. There are other people we can point you in the direction of. You know, get the help you need. There's nothing wrong with going to counseling if you need counseling. Remember, the Bible comes first. But there's nothing wrong with getting counseling. So maybe that's where you're at in your next steps. You say, well, I need to shake the dirt off because I've been hurt. Maybe it was at another church you've been hurt at. Unfortunately, that's all too common of a tale. Got to shake their feet off of that and come back to the worship of God. Maybe there's an aspect of your life where the religious aspect of has gotten started getting in the way. You stop telling about Jesus because you start telling them about church. I'm glad you invite your friends to all the programs we got going on. Keep doing that. But it ain't about telling people about church. It's about telling people about Jesus. Maybe there's a type of person that you're like, you know what, I just can't get over them. Our own biases, we all have them. And you say, well, I don't want them part of my religious service. That's religion flipped on its head because it ain't about you. It's about Jesus. And God says, go into all the nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Don't go into certain people groups. Don't go into that, except those. I don't want that. No, that's not what God said. God so loved the world that he gave his only unique son that whoever believed in him shall not perish. For he came to seek and to save the lost. Where are you at in your next steps? We're going to go to a time of prayer. Father God, I praise you today, Lord. I thank you for this wonderful blessing.